Welcome to the Flourishing Therapreneur Podcast, a podcast that equips therapists to thrive in business, expand their reach, and create flourishing and meaningful lives, both personally and professionally. I'm your host, Claire Blakey. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in private practice. I believe in being a multi-passionate therapist. You can have a thriving, financially impactful business, be a leader in the community, and also a business entrepreneur. You don't have to choose, and your impact as a clinician can go beyond the therapy room. I believe that you can be a therapist and an entrepreneur, a therapreneur, and I believe that every therapist deserves the tools, community, and resources to build thriving businesses and flourishing lives. I pair my passion and previous career in PR, marketing, and blogging with my education and experience as a clinician to equip therapists like you who are multi-passionate and wanting to pursue additional opportunities to grow your skill set and expand your reach. So what are we waiting for? Let's get going. Let's create impact and build flourishing lives and businesses we're proud of. Here we go. Hi, Wendy, and welcome to the Flourishing Therapreneur Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. If you want to go ahead and just introduce yourself and share a little bit with the audience about who you are, your business, anything that we should know. Okay. Hi, Claire. I'm really happy to be here, and it's just really generous whenever another entrepreneur joins joins one of us to to give a platform to the other. So I just really appreciate talking to your audience and I hope that I can offer something of value. So I'm Wendy Margolin and I've been doing healthcare marketing for over a decade and communications and uh, in writing in general for about 20 years. I am, I, I wouldn't call myself a therapreneur because I'm not a therapist, but I, uh, I serve therapists. So we serve a similar audience. Yeah. And I work with clinicians to help you grow your practice and figure out how to do the marketing that it takes to do that on social media and emails and on your website. Cause I know that that's not something that you learn in school with all that you had to learn in order to be a therapist. So that's a little about me and I'm excited to talk to you. I'm so glad you're here. And I was just going to name too, you might not be a therapist, but as an entrepreneur, you have such valuable wisdom to, to give to us for us to learn from. And the fact that you have a heartbeat for therapists and clinicians is huge because sometimes as therapists, if we contract people out or we want to learn from other professions, people that are in communications or marketing, sometimes they don't have the lens that we operate from and that we're kind of required to ethically and legally, you know, abide by. So the fact that you are, you know, special specialized and passionate about our population is so exciting. Um, and also just wanted to name too, for the flourishing therapreneur, like one of the heartbeats is to learn from people that are different from us that are also entrepreneurs that maybe can teach us things like you said, that we didn't learn in grad school that is so valuable. So your wisdom and your expertise is so welcome here. And in this conversation, do you want to share a little bit more? Cause I feel like I've just been blown away by the offerings that you provide for our community. Um, do you want to kind of share like what that encapsulates in terms of what you offer through your business? Yeah. Okay. So definitely everything you said resonates. And I would say that 
part of the reason that I dove into healthcare in general is because I see that the needs are so different. And a lot of what you will hear from people who teach marketing and who support clinicians doesn't necessarily apply to you as clinicians. So especially mm-hmm. when you are in are working in the mental health space, you, you know, sharing testimonials is not something that you normally can do. And even sharing stories, you can absolutely do that. And we could talk about how, but it's different. It's, it's a different mm-hmm. space. And so that is why I focus just on all of you, because I understand that your needs are really different. And I've gotten to know that over the years. So I work one-to-one with typically group practices and people who have like multiple facilities. And I also do a lot of coaching. So one-to-one coaching, as well as group coaching, I have a group coaching course that's on social media marketing and just marketing in general. We, you learn how to talk about, um, the, how to niche and how to talk about what it is that you do and how you uniquely solve the problem of the people that you ideally want to work with even if you're in the beginning and you're sort of still working with everybody. And I also have a membership where I provide social media captions and correlating Canva templates that you can customize. And I just do as much of the heavy lifting for you so that Mm -hmm. it leaves you to add your personality and your specific approach to the captions, but you don't have to start from scratch. You should never be starting from scratch because you are too busy and you don't have time. Yeah, that's awesome. And I feel like that's especially kind of naming the offering that you provide in terms of social media content and people being able to customize it. I know for me, even as I've like looked at Canva and I've started creating things, sometimes we get like almost down a rabbit hole of looking at too many different options and then trying to figure out how do I design this and what do I do? So the fact that you're kind of taking some of the guesswork out and helping it be custom for therapists to really, um, put their own mark on it, but not spend hours and hours and hours kind of overthinking things is such a gift because I know as therapists and business owners, we really want to save time and be efficient and make sure the time that we're spending is with our clients or is with, you know, some of the skill sets we're more passionate about. So that's awesome. I love that. And you also have a podcast. Is that correct? I do. I have a podcast, Sparks of Marketing podcast, and it's for clinicians focusing on clinician marketing. That's amazing. I love that. So that's also another resource for potential listeners to, if you're already listening to podcasts, you're kind of wanting to find more ways to improve your offerings. That's a free, tangible, um, really helpful way to do that. Well, as we kind of transition, um, I'm curious if maybe you could share a little bit about how you became passionate about helping clinicians. Um, it sounds like you've been in this marketing space for a while, but you started to kind of niche and, um, get really focused on the clinical world. So could you share a little bit about what, how that was birthed and kind of what makes you passionate about it? Sure. How long do we have? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just kidding. So 
I've worked in a lot of different spaces. I started as a journalist and I did that for five years. So I really honed my writing skills and at the heart of everything I do is really the writing. So I bring that to my social media content and emails and website content. It's really the, the writing is what makes me really happy and, and is the way that I best like to contribute. So that was how I started. But after that, I moved into marketing because I found um, just writing articles every day got boring. <laughs> I like to do a variety of things and marketing really is, is that that's where that happens. There are so many skills that we have to learn constantly. And I love that. I love learning. So I started out there and I've worked in a lot of industries and it took me a really long time to decide on a niche because for a while I had a marketing day job and I just did a lot of freelance for whoever needed me really mostly only in services, not in products. Cause that's a different beast, but I focused on services and I worked for a lot of different industries. And while they all are very much the same, one of the most important things that you learn as a clinician when you are starting out is that if you want to get known for something and work with your ideal clients, you have to choose a niche. Hmm. So I knew that myself. I'm someone who tells people that. And like, meanwhile, I was still serving a, a lot of service providers, which is not at all a niche. So it took me a long time because what a niche is, is it's something that you're good at. It's something that people need. And it's something that you're passionate about because mm -hmm. if you're good at it and people need it, um, then, but you don't care much about it. It's really hard to get up and do that work every day. So I, the, the industry that I had worked with the longest was healthcare, but I wasn't finding like that, that, meaning in it. It took me a little bit of time because I had all the imposter syndrome issues yeah. that I know all of you guys go through. And so for me, it was, well, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a physician. Um, like how, how can I serve this audience? And so what it came down to was like, okay, I'm not a physician and I'm not a therapist. I'm not any kind of clinician, but I've worked in this space a really long time. I understand it well, and I care deeply about data-based research, science, and, and real expertise. And one of the struggles that I saw very early on, um, it doesn't sound like a long time ago, but 2011 was a really different landscape in digital marketing. I don't even know if we called it digital marketing in 2011. I like to say I got started in 2007. That was when I first had to do like website and email and, and, um, social media content, but no one called it digital marketing. You just called it marketing. But in 2011, I noticed that because I had a food blog, I noticed that a lot of people would come to me and ask me questions about health and assume that because I was into healthy eating and healthy living, that I, um, that I, that I also, you know, maybe didn't vaccinate or, um, had a lot of alternative medicine ideas about approaches to when my kids needed, you know, a, a doctor. So, I don't want to dive into that right now, but what I realized was that 
I sort of saw before it happened that people were looking for answers to parenting questions from experts, and they weren't finding answers from experts. They were finding answers from whatever was on Dr. Google at the time. And I went to my pediatrician and I was like, you can't just post a picture of the birthday party that happened in the office. Like you've got to be answering parent questions. So that was, she turned to me and said, well, why don't you do it? (laughs) So that was the beginning of me working in with, um, clinicians in general. And I've worked with both physicians and with a lot of therapists as well, as well as PTs and OTs and speech therapists and, um, mental health therapists, obviously. So I've been doing that ever since. And I know that a big struggle is that there are a lot of people out there who claim to be experts and they maybe just got really good at social media. They're super social savvy. They, um, they, they're doing all the Instagram reels and all the things, and maybe they've lived in Airbnbs around the world and have beautiful beach photos and, and they become these influencers and they're not actually therapists. They're not actually clinicians and they're offering like, you know, mental health advice. And I think that it's a struggle and I want to see the act, the real experts be the mm-hmm. ones that people are turning to and be able to show up as yourselves and really reach a lot of people. So when I got to that, like why it took me a while and I have some funny stories about it. I share it on my own podcast, but when I got to that, why of like the meaning, like, Oh yeah, this is why I do this. Hmm. Then I found that perfect, you know, um, Venn diagram space of, <laughs> of what I'm good at, what people need and what I feel passionate about. Oh my gosh. Wendy, I could like just listen to you talk forever. I just love all the different components of what you shared, whether that's highlighting, you know, the digital framework, how it's evolved and grown. And I love that you, you know, have been in it for a while. So you've seen the evolution, you've seen, um, some of the pros and the cons of it, right. Of influencers, maybe, you know, really niching in and really understanding social media and growing their audience, growing their voices. And yet, there is this whole community of clinicians that are, you know, really well-trained, really good at doing what we do, diagnosing, treating, working with mental health. And yet maybe we haven't developed that muscle. We haven't grown that skill set um, of, you know, finding our digital footprint, finding our voice on the internet. And something I'd be curious about if you have encountered this at all with any clients is I'm really curious because as a clinician in grad school, we are taught to kind of be a blank slate. We're taught to, it's all about our client and it's not about us. Do you ever notice that as you work with clinicians, like this fear of showing up in this space or the fear of speaking into certain things or what, what do you see? Cause you mentioned things like imposter syndrome and you mentioned things of, you know, us really learning to find our voice and how to use that effectively on social media. What kind of examples, or do you have anything to speak into just that concept of growing in our confidence in the social media world? Yeah, absolutely. So that's something I know well from working with um, mental health therapists, especially is that you're very private. You are taught not to share about yourselves. It's all about the people that you are working with. Now, when you think about 
um, you know, maybe, maybe you go to therapy or you've been in, you've been a therapist for long enough that, you know, it's, it's not rocket science that there has to be a connection there. They have to like you. If they don't like you, they're not willing to open up to you. You know, when you're going to like a brain surgeon or something, you want the best person at the job. You don't care about his, his bedside manner. But when you are opening up to a therapist or you're bringing your child to a therapist, you want to connect. So there's a difference between showing that you are someone that they can connect to or to use marketing language, know, like, and trust and opening up yourself to private things that wouldn't be appropriate to share. So I'll just give you an example from my own life before the era of social media. So my oldest is, um, 18. I have a kid in a gap year in college. So, um, I, raised my kids before social media was like such a thing. Um, my first three kids, my youngest kids like born with an iPad as an extension of his arm, but that's another story. But, um, so I remember going to a therapist with one of my kids and we would go after dinner and she would ask about, you know, what we had for dinner. She just makes small talk. And I just remember, um, a couple things about that. I remember feeling really comfortable in her space because it was decorated like, you know, kind of granola the way that my house is decorated. So I felt really comfortable there. And then also before everybody were foodies, we were our, we were foodies. And, and I remember like connecting with her because my daughter knew the spice garam masala. It's like this Indian sort of whole food spice. So I remember connecting with her about that as well. Like, and we felt connected just because it's sort of her style and we had some shared interests. So she wasn't revealing anything. I don't know if she was even married. I don't know anything about her, but I knew how, um, we could sort of connect and feel comfortable with her. So those kinds of things that you share in your content, um, if you, let's say you're talking about growth and you have a garden and you're comparing it to gardening. And you also mentioned that you have a garden and that's part of the post that's not oversharing as a therapist, but someone who also gardens will, you know, feel a little bit more connected to you. If you, um, I just saw a therapist on, on, Monday, I think, who talked about how, um, as we're recording this, Taylor Swift had just dropped her new album, um, Red, the Taylor's version of it. So she dropped something on Monday that was like, um, I'm ready for all the therapy sessions and tissues focusing on red. I can't remember her language, but it was better. She's like, this is my Super Bowl. I'm here for it. So if you're her audience obviously are people who are women of a certain age who listen to Taylor Swift. Like that's the way you want to talk in your marketing or to that one person you really want to work with. And that's not oversharing to share something that lets them understand that you, you understand where they're coming from, the things they like, the things they relate to, and you relate to them too. You get them. And they, they can feel seen in your content, 
without you sharing anything that's private. I love that. And I, I think it kind of highlights um, this kind of ability, like you said, like the example that you used of the therapist that you had seen and the little connections that you had made of feeling a little bit like maybe this mirror that was reflected of like, oh, she understands food the way I do, or like little subtle things that just make you feel a little bit more at ease, maybe make you feel a little bit more comfortable. And you're right. It's not oversharing. It's like these little things that actually translate to big things because it makes you feel like you can kind of ease into your sessions. You can ease into opening up in a different way. And I definitely resonate with what you said about Taylor Swift, because I am a huge Taylor Swift fan. And, um, yeah, I love that that way that that therapist pulled that in because you really um music especially and when people follow certain people like Taylor Swift it's like kind of not cult following but it's like a really a big following of um just Taylor Swift fans. Um and I think there is something really sweet because those those songs do highlight breakups. They highlight real life connected conversations that undoubtedly will come into session as, you know, her video was released and all the different things that have kind of like opened a can of worms, right. Um, that people can't help but relate to, um, with their own breakups and their own lived experiences. So that's really clever. I really like, um, what you're speaking into with that, because those are little subtle things that maybe not everyone would think of, you know, adding into, but when we think about showing up in the digital space and letting people into our lives, it doesn't have to be in the most in-depth, vulnerable, personal way. It could be, but it could also just be in including people in our daily, like gardening or our daily, like food or the music we're listening to. So that's super helpful. Um, kind of transitioning us out. I feel like there is so much I want to ask you about. I'll have to have you back on the podcast at another point too, because I, there's so many things that you do and how you serve our clinical community. That's just so valuable. Um, but I'm curious, um, you have, as an entrepreneur yourself, really cultivated a lot of different skill sets. So you do one-on-one coaching, you have online courses, you have the social media club, you have a podcast, like you have so many different components. Um, for anyone that's listening, that is maybe starting to kind of get curious or starting to believe in themselves as a clinician and really wanting to take their impact further. So for some people that might be growing social media, but for other people and a lot of people that listen, are maybe curious right now about developing a course. Um, do you have any insight you could share either from your own experiences of developing courses, like what steps you took and, or how you support clinicians that want to develop a course and maybe work with you one-on-one to do that. Can you kind of walk us through, say someone's dreaming up an idea, they just don't know where to begin. Where do they even start? What, what advice would you give for the audience? Yeah. Okay. So this could be a whole episode on it. I know I'll try not to go on too long, but a couple thoughts would be first, everyone's journey is your own. You go at your own pace. Like you could look at what I'm doing and list off all the things that I have going on in my business right now. But the truth is that I, am a mom of four and I spent a long time with like only half a heart in my work. And I really only dove in full time into building my business when my youngest went to school. So I just want to put that out there because everyone's got your own thing going on. You're maybe taking care of, um, kids or, um, 
parents or, um, you know, if yourself, you could be going through something like you, the, everyone has seasons in your life where you're able to really dive in and build a lot of things. And I'm currently in a season where I'm really focusing on my business, but that wasn't always my life. So be kind and gentle to yourself, uh, wherever you are and try to like put on blinders because it is a hard space to show up on social media. And no matter what you've accomplished, you, there's a sense of like feeling not good enough. Like, look what she's doing, you know? So, so that, that is a struggle. I think that we all go through. So I just want to clarify that. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've done a lot in the past couple of years to serve you all as clinicians and, and I'm excited about all of that, but it, my, my life didn't always lear- look like that. I wasn't always able to work full time. So that's the first thing. I was just going to say, kind of speaking into what you're sharing, I feel like thank you for including us in that process. Cause I think sometimes we can look at someone's business structure and just assume they're doing it all at once. They grew and they just created that space. Like how come I can't find the space in my schedule or the time to do this? Um, and there are a lot of digital um, offerings that are tempting, right? Be, but they're all things that require lots of time, time to record podcasts, time to build the content for a course, time to, you know, to grow. And I think as a, a clinician and as a therapeneur, a concept that's so important to remember is like when to grow and when to slow and not to always try to keep up if that's not what's congruent for your life. And, um, just that the heartbeat that I really want to keep giving to the audience is we're human first and foremost, before we're clinicians, before we're business owners and you kind of sharing that and letting us into that sneak peek of, yeah, you had four boys that are four kids that you raised. And, you know, there's probably different seasons of your life that it made sense to, to work on content or to grow certain things and other seasons where the demand was to be present with your kids. The demand was to, to cultivate the life in front of you. So I am grateful that you kind of included us in that behind the scenes. Cause I think we don't always see people's behind the scenes and hear the actual timeline of how they grew. So thank you for, for sharing that. Yeah, of course. I think it's important to clarify that, that not everything that you see when you look at someone's finished product reflects like that whole journey. So, so definitely when it comes to social media, I think there's two sort of, um, stages for clinicians. The first is that if you're trying to fill your appointments, right, you're trying to fill your practice. So for you, I think what's most important is that you show up consistently, you're clear with who your niche is, who you're supporting. You start to build um, connections with people who could be a referral source, but mostly what your social content is and what your website is, is a place that people go when they find, when they hear about you. Mm. It's, it's true that you can use like search engine optimization and all of these things to get local business. And those things work and Google ads work. But for the most part, when you're just starting out, I think the most important thing is that when someone hears about you, maybe their pediatrician recommended you, maybe an internist offered your name, maybe a friend um, gave your name. When someone hears that, then you want what they see to be a space that is like your digital home. It shows, it reflects the kind of 
of care that you're able to provide, it lets them like look at a few things and kind of see like, could I see myself talking to this person? So that's the first step I would say, like that's the basics. And if that's you, that you're trying to fill your appointments, you don't need a ton of engagement. You don't need a ton of followers. You don't need to be go crazy posting every day, um, creating Instagram reels, whatever it is, like just be consistent, have content up there that you're proud of that reflects who you are. Um, don't go silent for two months. Cause you didn't like batch and plan ahead, but you don't have to go crazy. You don't need to be an influencer. And as we're talking, uh, you know, just recently Instagram said that you no longer have to have 10,000 followers in order to share links in your stories. So it's not even like a, there's not even like this, this place you have to get to in order to be able to like share a link to your website or something anymore. So take off the pressure of you're just trying to fill your appointments. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to start to offer workshops, um, maybe paid workshops. If you want to have a course, if you want to do some kind of like, um, coaching business that's on the side of your therapy practice, which I know can be like a little dodgy in certain States, but I know people do navigate that. So you want to reach a bigger audience. You want to scale in that way. But then you're going to need to put in a lot more effort into your social media to reach a lot more people. And it's, 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 I would, my recommendation would be don't do it unless your goal is really that you want to help more people. Mm. I wouldn't do it for the money because it takes a long time to, uh, and it's a ton of work up front to get to a point where you've built an audience where it can be a strong form of income that would replace a lot of your one-to-one client work. Mm. It's not impossible. Lots of people are doing it, but it does require really putting yourself out there and focusing a lot on building your brand and your content. So it means getting a lot more followers on whatever um, social media channel they're hanging out. It means um, getting on podcasts. It means um, having building your email list, which I know um, isn't so common with therapists. So you would really need you would really want to build an email list because you're looking to offer like a course or workshops. Um, it's just a lot more work <laughs> to wow. do to create all of that content. I think that it's worthwhile though if you have this approach that you really feel could be helping a lot more people than you're able to do one-to-one. And a lot of people think it's fun. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we're all like narcissists, but, <laughs> but it's fun to show up and, and help a lot of people. Yeah. No, thank you. I feel like that's such a good reminder of, you know, just being consistent. And I think, yeah, you're right in the social media age where you do see some therapists that are trending or things and there's, you know, reels and all these things. You're like, do I need to be an actress? Do I also need to, you know, spend hours recording these videos and, um, just really holding on to and reminding ourselves, like showing up with who we are authentically, like you were sharing, like could be little tidbits of information that we're, you know, revealing to the audience, but really showing up is the biggest piece. Being consistent is the biggest piece. And, um, the piece that you're kind of speaking into with, 
you know, what if you decide to, you know, imagine more offerings, whether you launch a second business to do coaching, whether you decide to start building an email list or to, um, develop a course. I really like your reminder of almost kind of circling back to our why is, is our why to help people or is our why to make money? And I, I think you could be doing both potentially, but I think there is something so valuable and really, um, tapping into that intrinsic piece of wanting to maybe provide more to, to more people, to reach more people. I think for me as a clinician, that's something that's very enticing about creating courses or creating offerings. Like obviously with the flourishing therapeneur, this is specific to therapists, but I would love at some point with my clinical experience, with my focus on perinatal mental health or eating disorders to, to do courses on that, to, to reach people that maybe can't afford to go to weekly sessions or maybe want to supplement their growth, but can't, um, they can't, you know, fit it into their schedule, but they could pay for a course that would be cheaper than seeing someone weekly or monthly, but could still have a little bit of growth opportunity. Obviously, individual therapy being more important, but there are many ways that we can impact people outside of the therapy room. And whether that you, like you've talked about social media, blogging, writing, there's so many different avenues. Um, and so it's really exciting talking to you because I feel like, um, like we've said, like we don't learn this in school. We don't learn how to, to communicate this to an audience. We, we learn how to communicate it one-on-one on a couch in a, an office through telehealth, through sessions. And we're experts in that, but, but really hearing your experiences and hearing the value that you offer clinicians is so encouraging and comforting to know that there's someone out there that's specialized in this, that knows what we're going through, knows our pain points, knows the fears of imposter syndrome of stepping into a space, into using our voices to really highlight our strengths, to highlight our offerings. Um, and I just feel really encouraged by this conversation. I hope it's the first of many because there's so many follow-ups that I want to do. I feel like there's so many pieces of what you provide. Um, so I'd love to have you back on the podcast at some point. Um, but I'm wondering, yeah, is there anything left unsaid, anything that you feel like our audience should know? Um, Otherwise, I'd love to hear just if you have any upcoming groups or events or ways that this audience can engage with yours and really benefit from the offerings that you provide. Yeah. Well, one thing I do just want to add to the point that you were saying about how you're trained to sit on the couch. So the truth is that you as clinicians already have so much content. You have so much to say. You're already experts the kinds of things that you say that resonate with the people that you work with, like all of that can be content, obviously with not, not revealing, um, anything specific, but the general kinds of things that you say to people all day long, like you can turn all of that into content. And it's really just a shift of learning how to do that. And those of you who are clinicians and you've been to grad school and you just had to do so many harder things than be able to learn marketing. So you definitely can, can do this. It's not something that, that is beyond, beyond your skill set. And I do know a lot of introverts who have, who have been able to come and, and show up and do this really well. So to that end, I do have um, some ways to help. Definitely uh, follow me on social media. On Instagram, I'm at wendy.margolin. And I have a Facebook group for clinicians, everyday marketing for clinicians. 
and I'm on LinkedIn. If you like that space, that's my favorite social media channel, by the way, we didn't really dive into the ins and outs, but if you're on LinkedIn, come say hi over there. And, uh, I have a course starting in January. It's called everyday marketing bootcamp, where we really go over how to niche, how to talk about your practice and the problem you solve and what you do and how to get consistent creating content so that you can show up without it taking a lot of time. And also, as we mentioned, I have a monthly membership for clinicians with fill in the blank captions that correlate with customizable Canva templates. So I try to make it really easy for you to be able to show up and grow your practice and succeed and help more people and have a bigger impact in the world without wasting time scrolling on social media or (laughs) trying to figure out Canva. Thank you for tuning in to the Flourishing Therapreneur podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review as that helps other clinicians and therapreneurs find our community and thrive through our offerings. Want to take your business a step further? Visit theflourishingtherapreneur.com or our Instagram with the same handle. Connect with our free community or sign up for an upcoming course to help cultivate your thriving business and endeavors so you can flourish personally and professionally. Until next time, I'm your host, Claire Blakey, and I believe you deserve to flourish as a therapreneur.